Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 197 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Ryan Coop here this evening alongside Trey Colbeck. Trey, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Ready to talk some football. It's been a while. Uh, how are you, man? How's, uh, how's dad life? Yeah, so I guess uh, big news since last time we recorded a podcast back in November. Uh, I, I became a dad uh, roughly a month ago, and uh, it's going good. It, it's it's an adventure. It's a fun adventure. Uh, as uh, you know, as we showed up five minutes late to the podcast because I had to do a quick diaper change before before we got started here. But uh, no, it's uh, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Um, and yeah, happy. That's been basically what I've been up to since we last uh, were here. Uh, how about you? What have you been up to lately, man? Ah, man, just a lot of school, a lot of horse racing stuff. You know, just living the dream, man. Living the dream. Right on. And my well, kids. I guess I shouldn't mention, forget my kids. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear those are important. Uh, well, we, we had a roundtable discussion planned for this evening on some CFL offseason topics. I guess it's, I don't know if it's more of a square table now or what shape it is. Uh, Mike and Adam, unfortunately, could not make it here this evening. So uh, it's just me and Trey. And of course, we are live on a variety of platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about uh, by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. We've got a live chat going over on the YouTube and Twitch and Facebook feeds. I see uh, I see Chris there in the uh, the chat already. Good to see you. Uh, we're going to chat about a couple of different things. Uh, obviously, a lot has happened over the last two months in the CFL offseason. Uh, we're not going to cover it all today. Uh, but we're going to touch on a couple of the major items, and then I figure each each week, every two weeks or so, we'll keep on touching on more of them until we get through everything that's happened in the CFL offseason. Before we go any further, I do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Zoto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Well, let's get right into it. The major news that dropped just yesterday, the, the podcast gods blessed us uh, by giving us this news before, the, before we started recording this, uh, when normally it seems to be the opposite. Quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell, his rights traded to the Hamilton Tiger Cats earlier this offseason, signs a three-year contract with the Cats. skips going to free agency, and uh, is going to be in Steeltown for the next three years, potentially. At least that's how long his contract is. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw this, Trey? Wasn't shocked that he went to Hamilton. I was shocked that he didn't test free agency, right? Like, that's what he kind of said he was going to do. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm just kind of happy he's out of division, I guess, because he's still Bo Levi, right? But then he's not in Saskatchewan. But that might have been fun watching him be in the dumpster fire that is Saskatchewan maybe next year, right? But I think it's a good signing. Um, seems to be a lot, for a lot of money. I think he's the second highest Q, paid QB now behind Caleros if the figures that were released are accurate. That's, again, a little surprising. I think that was about guaranteed the first two years or first year and a bit, and then the third year was maybe not fully guaranteed. So, you know, he's getting a lot of money, so he better put at least two good years in Hamilton, you would think, right? 
Yeah, according to Farhan Lalji, uh, five hundred twenty thousand in the first year, five forty in the second, five sixty in the third. But uh, according to the new CBA, since he hasn't played for the Tie Cats, he can't get that guaranteed money in the third year. So, you know, my initial reaction: this is a hefty contract for a guy that, you know, take Bo and his legacy. I'm never going to deny his legacy and what he has been in the past. He's one of the past, best quarterbacks in the past decade probably one of the best quarterbacks in CFL history. And there's no denying that. But Bo Levi Mitchell got benched halfway through the season for a rookie or a sophomore named Jake Mayer, uh, who, you know, came in and took over the starting job from him. And sure, Bo came back in, gave him a fighting chance in that playoff game over in Calgary. But I don't think we're seeing, based on what we've seen the past couple of seasons, a Bo Levi Mitchell that's worth being the second highest paid quarterback in the CFL. But... To be fair, I mean, if you go around and look at all the other quarterbacks out there, who do you think does deserve to be the second highest paid QB out there, right? Like, uh, we're going to get to, you know, Nathan Rourke probably would be the highest paid, but he's not coming to the CFL, back to the CFL this season. Um, you know, Caleros is the highest, I think, at 550 right now. Across the league, you kind of have a lot of those 1A, 1B type quarterbacks, potentially no real, you know, stars commanding that big money. Who would you put as the guy, if not Bo, that should be? Mm-hmm. I, I can't Sorry, off the top of my head. And unless you, I don't know, unless you pity pay Bethel Thompson just because he won a great cup, but he didn't really win the great cup, right? He got pulled, so you could always make that argument. I guess not. No, other than, yeah, it's a weird it's a weird quarterback market. Maybe that's why Bo signed. Maybe he kind of knew, because where else was he going to? I know a lot of, some people thought Toronto or Saskatchewan, but Saskatchewan has a lot of work to do. Maybe they weren't willing to give 500000 to him. And same with Toronto, where they got Bethel Thompson or uh, Kelly potentially, right? So maybe, I think is I I think he got a lot of money there, but it's probably the best for him. And you know the Ham- Ticats probably overspent too. This is their great Cup year, right? Uh, first, you know, so and they don't want to do what the Riders did. Yeah, I, I think I, I forget where the interview was, but I saw an interview with Bo Levi Mitchell that basically said one thing he was looking for was stability from the coaching staff. And that's a big reason he goes to the Ticats. Orlando Steinauer has been there, you know, for a number of years now, continues to be there. Tommy Condell, yeah, you can question his play calling last year, but he's been an offensive coordinator in the CFL for a long time. Whereas you look at Saskatchewan, Craig Dickinson, sure, he's brought back for another year here, but uh, you have to think, you know, final year of his contract, if it doesn't go well, he's out uh, as a head coach. And we saw the debacle that was them trying to find an offensive coordinator this year and ending up, uh, you know, going to their running backs coach, Kelly Jeffrey. Uh, Kelly Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kelly. Uh, Kelly Jeffrey, there we go. Uh, So, you know, instability there in the coaching staff for for Saskatchewan, probably a deterrent there. Also, Bo Levi Mitchell, not really the most mobile quarterback, to say the least. Uh, Do you want to play in front of that offensive line that gave up 70-something sacks last season or behind them, I guess? I don't think you do. Free agency can change a whole lot of things in a whole lot of places, but... 
surely for some of these reasons, Hamilton has to look like a more appealing option. And, uh, you know, a team that goes out and trades for your rights clearly wants you to be there. So maybe that was a good sign of good faith that made Bo want to sign early. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I do have to touch on that that video that the Ticats released. Dunn uh, did dirty Dane Evans pretty bad there, all his touchdowns, but they put Mitchell over it. Like, oh, man, the guy's not even cleaned out his locker yet. He's still on the team, man. That just must not be a good look. But uh, see, I didn't, I didn't see what happened with this because the video was taken down before I got a chance to do oh, it. Was it just Mitchell's name, like, edited on top of the jersey no, of Dane Evans? I didn't see that. All I heard was they had edited the sound so it was play by play on tsn but they it went like mitchell touchdown and then it was to a hamilton player <laughs> replaying old clips from last year but it was all dane evans that's cute it never showed the quarterback it hit mm. him but it showed all the other players getting touchdowns and putting mitchell over top and i was like when i first heard that i was like ooh, if i'm dane evans and they're expecting me to come back to be backup that's not maybe the best look unless he already knows he's out right i fear i feel like he i heard that he bought a house in Hamilton, but moved out already yeah, prior to November okay. kind of thing. So he might be out, but then again, Bo Levi bought a house in Regina. So that's just going <laughs> to collect the, uh, that's going to collect dust uh, from the looks of it. But not, not to mention Dane Evans is still under contract by the Hamilton Tiger. Yeah. Guys, right? so I mean. Yeah. So sure they can trade him. And I know he's been rumored quite a bit to go to Saskatchewan now. And, you know, we can dive into that more uh either here today or another day of how the rest of the quarterback landscape plays out but uh yeah he's still under contract right now and uh you know people seem to think this is the writing on the wall for him and Hamilton you bring Bo Levi in you have to think Evans is not going to start over him I said this to you guys the other day and in our little group chat and I think the best thing for Dane Evans might actually be to come back to Hamilton in a backup role, one bay, one B role behind Bo Levi Mitchell, learn from him a little bit more, so take the time to settle down his game because he, his game last year was just turning the ball over an awful lot and not steady, no consistency there. Settle down your game, and then maybe a year or two from now, when you're a free agent, go get that big check somewhere uh, going forward. Right? That that's kind of what I view as the best path forward for Dane Evans, but. You know, there are teams like Saskatchewan that are going to need a starter this year. And and do you want to take that route when you have that chance, especially if you do believe in yourself, and he should, because I do think he is a talented player, uh, you, you're going to try to take that starting job. Exactly. And that's why I wonder, because he kind of got looked over, a, like there's a whole him and Mazzoli thing, you know, when Mazzoli was there and yeah, Mazzoli got out. So I wonder if he wants to do that again with the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's one mm. thing to do it early in your career, but he must be getting later 20s, right? So that two years from now, he might be 30. And if he doesn't play a lot, he might not get that big paycheck, right? If Bo, let's say Bo is Bo, you know, and barring an injury, which you never really hope for. I don't know. Like, it's, an in it's interesting. I see both sides of it because if I'm him... I don't know. Like I said, would you rather get sacked 77 times in Saskatchewan, but at least be the starting guy? Or would you rather hold a clipboard, right? And I don't know. It's we, we, We're going to get into this too, maybe with Nathan Rourke a little bit later on, right? Do you want to be the clipboard guy? And yeah, there's some teams with the 1-1-A thing. But, you know, I don't know. The team that almost won three years in a row doesn't have a 1-1-A, right? So it's kind of hard. It's But then the team that did win does have a 1-1-A this year, right? So 
I don't know. It's a tough one. I haven't been thinking too much football, man. No, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the off season, you know. First time of the new year, we're getting back into it here, uh, trying to piece everything together uh, since we last talked in November after the Grey Cup. So, uh, Bowie by Mitchell in a different uniform is going to look so weird next year, though. Seeing him in that black and yellow uh with the tie cats is going to take some getting used to just as it did you know seeing andrew harris in that double blue this year and, and things like that and i have to say my reaction to believe i mitchell and hamilton i don't actually like this I, I i mean i think i was pretty vocal on the podcast as the season went along last year that uh bo's got the legacy but he wasn't the best quarterback on the stampeders anymore that's jake mayer and i think his his game has been on the decline over the past couple of years right uh you know and it's not the Bo Levi Mitchell back in what 2017 2018 that we're used to seeing uh he's had some injury problems he's had some consistency problems now he goes over to Hamilton where you know he struggled last year with the best offensive line in the league that only gave up 13 sacks now you're going to the Ticats they were average they gave up somewhere in the 30s uh, you've got Tommy Condell, who seemed like perhaps, uh, well, I guess you could argue Jason Moss was there, but the least creative offensive coordinator in the league at times last year with the game plan. Like, I want to know what Hamilton's game plan is going to be with, with Bo. Are they expecting him to throw, throw, throw 40 times a game? Are they going to do something like what Calgary has done in the last couple of years, which is lean a little more on the run game to you know, spell them off a little bit there. Um, I want to see what the game plan looks like. I really want to see who the backup behind him looks like because a three-year deal for Bo Levi Mitchell, I was shocked that it was three years long. I think it's a bit too long for him. And I'll go on the record here on the podcast. I don't think Bo Levi Mitchell will be the starter in Hamilton by the third year of his contract. No, and I wonder how much this is. Maybe this... Not the fear, but like there's been some talk that the XFL and USFL has been hard on finding some players. And you just take a guy who, yeah, maybe is getting to the end of his career, but he knows the league. He knows the systems. He knows what's going on. Or you're just going to find some, you know, potential rum dump. Like quarterback is probably the hardest position to find, right? Like, yeah. And now we have, you have what, 32 NFL teams with at least two or three quarterbacks, if not more on the practice roster nine CFL teams with two or three guys, eight XFL, eight USFL, however many arena leagues there, you know, there, there's limited spots and you only have one guy on the field at the time at the quarterback position. Right. So it's not exactly, if you're the starting quarterback in the CFL, you're probably top 50, top 60 quarterback in the world. I would say, you know, not counting college. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it might play into that. Plus, other than if they didn't get it, either they went with Dane again, which like the writing might be on the wall for that. He might, it might be a similar situation to Fajardo in Saskatchewan. So what are they going to do to swap guys? And they looking at each other. Well, Fajardo didn't work there and Dane didn't work here. Maybe they don't want to do that. Right. So I guess it's just easier to take, I guess I take the guy. He's only 32. It's not like okay. he's done. He's got uh, from his Wikipedia page. He's 32. He's 12 years on younger than Tom Brady. Right. And so, does he want to try to be that guy of the CFL? Just keep playing until he's 40? He's on his way, right? So, 
Well, and that's kind of the comparison I drew after the the Buccaneers, you know, lost that playoff game to the to the Cowboys in the NFL this year, where Tom Brady really didn't look good in that game, and you know, people seemed surprised by that. But uh, you know, looking at his totals this year, more games than not, it was kind of down. And you know, I think you can still respect who a player once was while realizing where they are at currently in their careers. Right. And, and I could be saying all of this and Bo could come out and he could win MLP with the tie caps this year. And kudos to him. If he does that, I do genuinely wish the best for him. Cause I think the league is better when he is playing at, uh, you know, the premium level he is capable of doing. And I think what, you pointed out earlier about the Ticats hosting the Grey Cup this year probably does play a lot into that, right? Because you're, especially given how long the drought is in Hamilton, you want to go make that effort to get the Grey Cup here at home. If they didn't feel comfortable doing it with Dane Evans, who out there is there really at the quarterback market to help you out? Okay, Trevor Harris is out there. He's up and down at times. Uh, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson, question marks around, does he retire? Cody Fajardo, you know, bad season for him, question marks there. There's no real quarterback in their current state in their career out there on the free agency that is a big fish that Hamilton could go and get. That is a surefire victory. So you probably got to go with the guy who, for more years than anybody else, has been that surefire victory. And Bo might not throw those 300, 350-yard games anymore uh, consistently week after week like he used to. But he can't deny his his winning percentage, right? Like, he's a guy that's gotten it done more times than not with the team around him. Now it's up to the management group over in Hamilton to build a team around Bo Levi Mitchell. Because I believe one of the things we talked about at the end of, uh, you know, right after Hamilton got kicked out of the playoffs this last year uh, is what do they need to do this offseason? They need to figure something out on offense. They had no depth at wide receiver, and they didn't use the run game at all. Question marks at quarterback. You've got the quarterback now. Now what are you going to go do on free agency day and going forward to build the pieces around Bo to make him successful there in Hamilton? And that's what I'm intrigued to see going forward here for the Ticats. Yeah, so I'm listening. I it, I got shocked by Bo's age. I thought he was old. He's younger than Caleros. So, like... <laughs> it, Caleros' three-year deal surprised me, though, too. It, well, that's it, true, too. Yeah. I just didn't... Bo's been around forever. I honestly thought he was 40 or, you know, mid-30s already, not 32, man. Well, maybe he can go out there and maybe, maybe it was just a down year. Like, he maybe did have some injury problems. Maybe sitting on the bench wasn't the worst for him, you know? Like, he's at a... We see guys kind of do that, you know. Football's a tough game. Marshawn Lynch was one. He took a year off, came back, was pretty good. Gronk took years off, took a year off, comes back, he's pretty good. Now he's kicking the halftime Super Bowl kick or something for a million. I have some money, but you know, uh, it, it might not be the worst for him. Again, I see what you're saying. I think it depends on what they build around him, and that's maybe why Saskatchewan. I, I know free agency didn't start, but I'm assuming there must have been some talk of. Other, you know what I mean. I'm sure someone from Saskatchewan somewhere. Because if you think collusion doesn't happen, it, you're you're oblivious, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. like I'm sure someone said this is maybe what we'll offer if we get there. And because I'm really surprised he didn't wait. You know, that's the official day. So that kind of makes me think that some numbers definitely uh, came around. And Saskatchewan's got a lot of building to do. So maybe a five hundred thousand salary cap hit wasn't in their uh, wasn't in their cards this year. 
Yeah, if you don't think tampering happens in the CFL, it's almost like uh, NHL commissioner Gary Bettman saying the other day he doesn't think it's possible that teams are tanking for Connor Bedard. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? It's happening. It's obvious. It happens every year in the CFL. And the CFL honestly kind of leans into that now because I don't know if it's in this CBA and happening this year again, but I know last year there was like a legal tampering window basically before free agency where you can negotiate. So uh you know three year just to wrap it up three year contract for believe i mentioned at the money it's worth price seems high to me uh no guarantee money the team can cut them at any point uh i believe based on that uh so you know if it doesn't work out they're not held on the books super long term here for them and honestly the three-year deal they probably needed to give them that to convince them to come because if you're planning around the championship this year and say okay we'll just offer him a one-year contract well Bo is going to go somewhere where he can have that long-term stability i would imagine so three-year deal for him in hamilton gonna be weird seeing him in black and white but kudos to the tie cats i give them credit for trying to jump the gun on free agency here a little bit and get that out of the way uh, I think they were the only team I read this the other day that hasn't signed a re-signed a single player yet this offseason because they were waiting to figure out what was happening with Bo Levi Mitchell. So now we now we need to go and if you're the Tie Cats, now you got to go see who you're bringing back from the current group and what your plan is going forward. And I imagine they're going to be very busy over the next couple of weeks. Oh, for sure. And I got a question, Mister Fantasy. Where? What do you think Bo's week one fantasy salary is going to be? If say like let's say he's the starter and you know maybe Dane you know Dane's either whatever it doesn't really matter about Dane. Do you think he's going to be he's the second highest player paid player? Do you think he's going to be the second highest after Caleros? The fantasy salaries make zero sense half the time. Uh, so I will <laughs> say he will be over ten thousand dollars in fantasy price, which is usually kind of upper echelon of quarterbacks there. But I gotta write. I'll write that down because I'm gonna do better this year. But uh, Chris in the chat says 9600. I, I like the guess there. But uh, oh, yeah, uh, 9601, Bob. 9601. <laughs> Are we going prices right rules here? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. But from the fantasy perspective, until he starts showing me those 300 yard games with the multiple touchdowns week after week, probably never going to put Bo Levi Mitchell in my lineup because he can get the wins, but he doesn't produce the stats that matter for fantasy because he does not run with the ball. You know what? Depending on his price, I might, because again, you're going to spend 12,000 on Caleros. There is no Rourke. And look, I don't know. That's actually interesting. Well, I'll have to think about that for June, depending on his price. Yeah, we'll have to do this uh, over free agency time. Uh, maybe we'll make that a recurring segment of guess what price they are for week <laughs> one in fantasy and see how uh, how honed in uh, we can get on uh, how they price things. Uh, good luck with that. It's, it's, it's wild sometimes. Uh, so Bo is over in Hamilton question marks remain in Saskatchewan. Uh, you know, we'll get more into the full quarterback landscape. I think over the next couple of weeks, uh, here on the podcast as well, leading up to free agency, but the other big, real big fish when it came to quarterbacks that everybody had their eyes on probably the biggest story we were going to talk about today until Bo Levi Mitchell did sign with Hamilton is the Nathan Rourke sweepstakes come to an end with the Jacksonville Jaguars signing him to a deal uh, over the past month or so. He basically traveled around the entire United States, 12 teams 
giving him a workout, according to this article from Three Down Nation I'm looking at. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Indianapolis Colts, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Chargers, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, New York Giants, and Cleveland Browns all worked him out, but ultimately he decides to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So what was your reaction to seeing this uh, this come out? I loved it. And it was the day after their huge comeback with the Jags. Like, I loved it because I like what um, – we're going to go a little NFL here. I love what Doug Peterson's doing in Jacksonville. I think that that team is actually like one or two pieces away from – if we look at the whole Jacksonville or the whole NFL structure, you know, we got Burrow, Allen, especially in the AFC, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, those top guys, Herbert and Lawrence. Now he gets to be behind one of them. Like if he had to pick anywhere, I think it would be awesome for him to be behind a guy like Trevor Lawrence, uh, Burrow, Mahomes, someone like that. The younger guys, like he's almost, I think he's the same age as Lawrence. Or almost like I think they're literally the same age, so they're gonna he's gonna have two 24 year old quarterbacks doing their thing, and and Lawrence is an absolute stud, and I feel like Rourke's mentality. I, I loved it; it was perfect. Like I honestly don't. Looking back at it now, I don't know if I would be happier with him anywhere else. Maybe maybe Cincinnati because I love Cool Joe, but other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I think there was a lot of shock or a bit of initial shock that he signed with the Jaguars, especially after Trevor Lawrence's big comeback the day before. Uh, I know I made the joke, I'm sure a bunch of other people did as well, that maybe Rourke signed this deal at halftime of that game after Lawrence went uh, 4 of 16 for four interceptions uh, and then maybe regretted it come the second half. Uh, but no, he he does sign uh, in Jacksonville and yeah, there was, you know, talk of maybe there was a better starting opportunity elsewhere, like the Las Vegas Raiders are moving on from Derek Carr, it seems, that quarterback seems like that was a spot maybe he can get in to be a starter, you know, a couple of other places there as well uh, that he had visited. But he ends up going to a spot with a backup role, and, and I don't mind that, right? Like, uh, you know, get your spot in the, in the NFL, get that backup job, get in some practice reps. Uh, you're always one hit away from all of a sudden being the starter. I, I can't remember if Lawrence missed any time this season. I thought maybe part of a game, but he was fine the next week, if you want to look that up there, Trey. Um and yeah, you get into a good system there in the NFL, and maybe it leads leads to more contracts uh, elsewhere and a better role for him going forward. And he's going to get that time in the preseason to play, uh, certainly a little bit, at least get some looks there. And I wouldn't be surprised if everybody starts talking about him the same way they talked about Chris Streveler in his preseason action this year of, you know, this guy's lighting it up. We're super impressed by this guy. Doesn't mean he's going to go out there and start on the field, certainly this season, anytime soon for the Jaguars. I'm not expecting that, but uh, good opportunity for him to learn and grow. You know, good money down south in the NFL, can't argue that. And uh, it's what he believes is best for him. So I, I'm rooting for him. I, that, and that should be no surprise. I'm the. I'm the chair of the uh, Nathan Rourke for Hall of Fame campaign. And, well, we got to start the uh, campaign for Nathan Rourke for the NFL Hall of Fame here today. 
I would like to officially announce my affiliation with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a fan going forward. Um, I didn't have an NFL team. Now I do. And that is because, A, their playoff comeback win was incredible. And I love to see it. And then you add Nathan Rourke, who's my favorite player in the CFL. Can't go wrong there. So uh, Rourke, Rourke to the Jaguars here. Yeah, and to answer your question, uh, Lawrence was uh, listed as questionable going into the last playoff game, but I can't mm-hmm. find anything before that. But he had some injury with his toe, but honestly, he looked fine going into the playoffs with whatever was going on with him, right? So the the only thing I'm going to disagree with you about is I don't think there would ever be a place in the NFL where he just got the first job. I know you said Raiders, no. but I know what maybe you missed, maybe you just said it wrong way, but like I don't think there was any place because I keep my I keep my ear a little bit to the ground on the NFL, obviously more, but like Raiders, it sounds like they're off to Jimmy G, you know, and the Jets have no quarterback, but they're off to Rodgers, as Chris uh, mentions. A lot of the teams that have no quarterback, there's a lot of rumors already circulating. They're going to get the next big guy. Apparently, Brady might like you. Where's Brady going to go? He's, his time's done in Tampa. It sounds like right, so it's going to be a huge carousel, and I think that that might have been a mess for a young guy like him to get into, where it's better to go to a place that has that number one guy and you, you, and you, again, you don't hope for it, but you wait for that one hit. Right. You know, and, and cause yeah, I don't know. Did you, what's, I don't know what's better for him. Maybe getting into a training camp where it's an all out dog fight to get starting role first off. And there's a whole bunch of change and maybe new coaches do this, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, or go to a place where they have an established system. Right. That the quarter and that Doug Peterson is known to be good with young quarterbacks. There's one young quarterback he messed up with in his whole career, which got him fired from Philly. He didn't want uh, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and that's one mistake that he's made <laughs> his whole career. I feel like he's always, you know, he won the Super Bowl with Philly, and then he didn't want to move on to Hurts after that. You know, he's made great decisions. Yeah, the Jags have always been a team I secretly liked a little bit. Now they just got a little better. They always. Uh, they always play in Europe, though. That's the only they always they have bad uh, bad attendance there. But other than that, uh, it's good on. Yeah, and also Henry Burris is there with the uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right. right? Like, what better of a connection to the CFL? A guy who you have to think Burris is still checking it back in on this league every so often. The talent coming there and can vouch for that because you mentioned, you know the battle for a starter position potentially look it seems we're getting we're going to talk about this in a little bit more shortly uh more and more cfl guys getting a shot getting those workouts in the nfl but i still think there is this knack on, on knock on the cfl that is we don't really care what you do in the canadian football league we're just going to look at what you did in college right like we're not uh it seems like players are graded a little harder for coming from the CFL. And that makes, you know, does work get in a battle for a starting spot somewhere else with no familiarity. And then somebody else gets it. What happens to him in that case? Are they going to keep him as a backup here? Jacksonville is nothing to lose for keeping him as a backup third string, whatever it is, because they have Trevor Lawrence. You've got Henry Burris vouching for you, presumably a little bit there. I think it's a, it's not a bad system. A little disappointed, not going to lie, that we're not going to see him in a more prominent role out down in the NFL in the next little bit. But uh, it, it, this could be something that sets him up for success here. The interesting other question with this is the 
effect it has on the CFL, uh, the narrative of the CFL. Do you think Rourke with 12 teams trying them out in the NFL, like it was quite the tour, very impressive uh, for a CFL quarterback, a Canadian quarterback to get that many looks and to sign somewhere and have multiple teams give them solid offers. Do you think that is good for the reputation of the CFL or does losing a talent like Rourke hurt it more? You know, I would be more, I think it'd be more impressive on the CFL if he went to a Canadian school. And I'm going to say that I think because he went to a NCAA in the States, like what did he really only, was he a back, was he his two years here? One backup and when, and then the one year. That's did he, right. Yeah. Right. So what did the CF, what did the CFL really do for him, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like he had what, seven, eight games and then got hurt, you know, really. And, and not, not to knock the Canadian talent. He might be one of the best Canadian players, you know, all time already you know what i mean like there's not you know because we don't really have many canadian quarterbacks what jesse palmer was about it like you know what i mean like and he spent more time on the bachelor man so it's <laughs> it's like i don't know like I, I got into this because you know mike mentioned to me when i was doing hockey with him he you know he wasn't sure what to think about that detour comment you know yeah. and, and and i said well to be fair, he went to an American college. I don't think the CFL was ever on his radar, man. You know what I mean? Like, and I said maybe minus a few of us that, you know, grow up maybe in Western Canada in the prairies and stuff, not many kids would pick, you know, maybe when you're a kid kid, you might pick the Bombers over the Vikings just because of, you know, of, of um, you know, loyalty and stuff like that. But when you get older and then you realize the pay gap and you realize the prestige difference, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit from your question, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's a tough one. Like it's good in one way. Cause when uh, Adam Schefter tweeted it, he's like, you know, Hall, a Canadian great, you know, quarterback, whatever, you know, BC lines, you know, it's great to have that. But like I said, what, it's not like he spent five, six, seven years here and then went down and did something. His whole plan was always go to the NFL. So I don't know what we really could take credit for other than he was born here, you know? Yeah, and, you know, his quote was, the CFL has been an unforeseen detour on my football journey, but a necessary one, and I'm grateful to the Lions for allowing me to learn how to be a professional and grow on and off the field. Yeah, no, like, growing up, if you're trying to play football to become the best of the best, like, CFL is great, CFL is fantastic talent, but the best of the best of football, I, sorry to say it, folks, is the NFL. Right. Like mm -hmm. for the most part. And there's always those arguments. OK, take the best CFL team against the worst NFL team that could win on a CFL field. And yeah, I think there's interesting debate to be had on that. But if you truly want to be the best of the best and, and a world class known talent, you're going to strive to go to the NFL to do it. So people took that in kind of a very negative way to say an unforeseen detour. And I don't think it was that at all. Right. I think it was a guy who had his sights set on something. And this was certainly not the same, in my opinion, as what we've seen with guys who have maybe gone to the NFL, uh, you know, fallen out of good faith with the NFL and said, oh, I'm going to go to the CFL and fight my way back there type of thing. Right. Uh, I'm thinking like a Johnny Manziel situation. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like yeah. that. I don't think at all. I think it's he had his sights set on that. Wasn't working out. He, he figured he'd come to the CFL and keep playing ball and. Now he got a shot, and why wouldn't you take the shot if you have it? Right, and, you know, I think it was Bo might have turned down a shot there, but, you know, different age. 
and you know different thing and maybe at his age he never would be the starter and you know it, it there's different things for different guys but i felt like the the anger was that from that cfl crowd like the diehard crowd that just hates anything that's four downs and and that's what you're gonna get but yeah like i just think i would be i would give more credit to cfl in canada like i said if you went to cis or whatever it's called now u sports or if he was andrew harris who played junior ball at you know bc out there and then somehow gets an nfl shot you know i'd be a lot more impressed or give more more credit to him being canadian like you know what i mean like it's so weird nowadays because you see in all sports just because you're Canadian doesn't mean you actually spent a single second in Canada. Now I know he has, but you know, like you know, Alfonso Davies is not born in Canada. He's lived here for a bit. And since he's 15, I don't think he's stepped foot in Canada unless he's playing soccer here, you know, because he plays right. so much in Europe and stuff. Right. So, you know, do I give anything to Canada for his success? Not really. Cause he's probably was a heck of a soccer player before he moved here. Right. So I kind of look at Rourke as he. Yeah, he's American-ish because he played the four-down ball for for however many years, right? Yeah, I, I look at it for, you know, the biggest loss here, I think, for the CFL is, like, Nathan Rourke is a top-tier quarterback talent. And, and rewind, you know, half hour ago here on this episode when we were debating who is deserving of the second-highest contract for a quarterback in the CFL if it's not Bowie by Mitchell – if you would have signed here, Rourke probably would have been the highest played, paid player in the CFL. Like if if BC could offer him any sort of contract to convince him to stay here, I, I truly believe they would have done so uh, because he seemed like, you know, and I know it's early, it's one good, real good season for him, but seemed like the beginning of a generational CFL talent potentially. And, you know, the leader of that next crop of new quarterbacks here and, there's so many question marks, uh, you know, of quarterbacks everywhere uh, in the CFL right now, right? Like Jake Mayer, Taylor Cornelius, these are two guys half proven. They're now kind of, you know, being paid starter money in Calgary and Edmonton. Who knows what Saskatchewan's going to do? Winnipeg, okay, they've got Coleros. Ottawa's got Mazzoli, who's coming off of injuries. Who knows how he's going to do? Hamilton. We've talked about Bo Levi Mitchell, obviously. Toronto may go with Chad Kelly, who like barely played in the CFL at all. Really had kind of that backup role this year. Montreal, currently no quarterback. I imagine probably going to be Trevor Harris coming back there. They're going to at least try to. There's a lot of, you know, question marks, instability in the CFL of these big names. And I think that's something you said uh, when we were wrapping up the season, right? No guys there were no big name players that really stood out to you as marketable, huge players uh, that stole the show this past season for the most part. And Rourke seems like the kind of guy that could do that. So I think, I think it does hurt the league in that sense to lose a talent like that, but Hey, you can't blame the guy. Yeah. Can I, okay. Well, a little bit of another tangent here, but uh, okay. We see it. And I'm not trying to always compare it, but we see the NFL. They have those younger guys, like the ones I mentioned and the AFC is nothing but them. So we don't have that right now. I, I remember that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we got Cornelius and mayor of the younger guys and Kelly, but they've not, I don't, they don't give me like, you remember, like, I just remember Riley and Ray, and, you know, and, and, um, Bob, you know, like in those guys and Calvillo, like we don't have any of that right now, especially at the quarterback position. And I wonder if, like, is it a byproduct of 
I don't, I don't, I think it's too soon to blame everything on the spring leagues, but is it a byproduct of like our pay structure? Is it a byproduct of, you know, like that, for example, that, uh, that stud Saskatchewan kid, uh, from the Vanier cup, he turned down, you know, starting money pretty much right to do what he's to be a teacher, whatever he's doing. Like, but again, do you think that Adam and maybe most of the province of Saskatchewan would have, you know, bought season tickets and jerseys before he even played it down? Probably. You know what I mean? That would have been a huge story, right? And it could have turned into something amazing, but there's other opportunities for him to do. And I just I just hope the CFL doesn't get too far behind on that. You know, I'm a little worried about the XFL. I know everyone wants to say it's failed three or two or three times, you know, and everyone's hating on the rock for this or that, but I'm just a little concerned about it. Cause I've heard a couple of CFL interviews saying it's been tough since, you know, this thing has been brewing and it's just, it's tough now, but what if they expand to 16 teams? You know what I mean? Like in it, what if they expand? What if they get a good deal with the NFL and become a minor league system? You know, mm-hmm. ah, man, it's just, I just, I want more talent and you know, what what is the biggest what um I know we're gonna get into this later, but what's the biggest free agency watch right now after Bo now? Maybe a couple little quarterbacks or Geno Lewis? Probably Geno Lewis, I, I would imagine, because it seems like yeah, there's reports today, you know, that he's he's not wanting to go back to Montreal or that Montreal's handling the situation poorly. But yeah, certainly these were the biggest fish to come out of this, I would say, were were Nathan Rourke and Bo Levi Mitchell that everybody had their eyes on and you know, on that note, like looking at the BC side of things here, like full credit to BC's management team, Rick Campbell, Neil McAvoy, co-general managers there. Like last season, you go out and make that trade for Vernon Adams Jr. when Rourke goes down due to injury and also got a restructured contract out of that, that like it's definitely a loss to lose them and not have them coming back this year. But I would still put them as one of the better teams at quarterback in the CFL. And certainly, you know, they got a jump even more than the Ticats did on free agency on the better options out there. I know VA kind of had an up and down time when he came into BC, but, you know, midseason learning a whole new offense, things like that. Let's give him another year as a starter. I'm still a believer in him. Uh, and they're getting them for dirt cheap, right? Just like this past season, Nathan Rourke was playing for dirt cheap as the starter in BC. I think Adams probably thinks a little bit more than Rourke did this past year, but he's still probably, what, have a quarterback? I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I thought his contract was under $200,000. So when you have teams like the Ticats paying five hundred dollars and you're paying $200,000, well, now all of a sudden you have $300,000 to throw at uh, at a guy like a Gino Lewis, potentially reunite yeah. him with VA over in BC uh, as a, or fill some other holes there. So I think I love when general managers pre-plan for the future. And I think making that trade for VA last year was not only let's fill you know a good run we're having this season, but you have to look at it at that point as probably Rourke, it's going to test the NFL this offseason. What's our plan going forward? And they've already gotten that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Because almost that trade, you know, do you think if he doesn't get hurt, that like that trade would never have happened? Like, I, I, wonder, I don't, yeah. I wonder what the conversation is. Because that's right around when Rourke, like, Rourke was so on fire. I wonder how much NFL talk was swirling, you know, and, and the back of your mind. But it had just happened to work out. But yeah. I know I'm I think BC is probably still with VA top one and if they're they're having home playoff game I think 
next this year, regardless with the buy or not. So, and yeah. Yeah. I don't think that trade would happen necessarily. Cause I think that they may have looked at that as a, a distraction, so to say, uh, to go and make that trade of like, okay, okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're having the season of a lifetime, but let, you're going to, we know you're leaving us. So let's bring somebody else in mid season. Again, yeah. full credit if they did that to plan for the future, but I don't think they would have done it if, if Rourke wouldn't have gotten injured there. So uh, kudos to the management team in BC and uh, ooh, lots of extra cap space for them to, to throw around this offseason because they also get Brian Burnham off the books. That's another thing as well, right? Longtime receiver in BC. He hangs up the cleats. A little sad to see uh, Brian Burnham go you know he had such a good run there it was always so fun to watch uh but kudos to him and congratulations to him on uh, an excellent career there as well well you have anything else on uh, on nathan rourke here before we move on i'm good to move on man well let's stick on the the nfl tryouts here because yes rourke did have tryouts with 12 teams he was the big name going down south the nfl but uh a number of other cfl guys a long list of it uh, them actually uh have gotten tryouts over the past couple of uh months here and like i said earlier seems more and more often that uh, we're getting these names going to the NFL and whether they stick long-term is more of a question, uh, but uh, they're at least getting some looks. Some guys you would expect to get, some guys you ne- wouldn't necessarily. A couple of guys have signed contracts already. Uh, offensive lineman Julian Good-Jones from the Stampeders signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, defense back Jamal Peters from the Argos signed with Atlanta. Defense back Rodney Randall from Hamilton signed with New England. Uh, interesting one here. Winnipeg defensive back Tyrell Ford had workouts with one, two, three, four, five, six different NFL teams and ended up signing with the Green Bay Packers. That was one that intrigued me because he really wasn't a starter in the CFL, right? He got some playing time in a backup role. But that's impressive to get six looks based on that and then end up, you know, signing a contract when very few guys have. So what do you make of Tyrell Ford getting getting a look here despite not really having a look in the CFL? That, that's unreal to me. And, you know, he I'll give him credit. He went to a Canadian college, right? And now he found his way, right? Like, and um, and out of him and his brother, right? They're, yeah, Trey Ford's his brother. I thought he he got some looks too, but he didn't get signed anywhere, right? So out of the two, I thought it would be the other guy. But I've heard good things about him, and they I, and a lot of people were surprised he never played much here. And I don't know, good for him. Like it was that's a shocker one, yeah. Like a guy who was pretty much our backup DB is now playing for the Packers. So okay, that's interesting. <laughs> but well, it, it it always seems like that. Like we've seen weird ones in the past. Like the one I always remember is Bombers backup quarterback Dan LaFever getting a uh, signing a contract with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, right, and you look at some of these guys sometimes like, oh, how did that translate? It translates because I think they look very little in the NFL, unfortunately, at the CFL career, and it's all about what you did in college, right? And yeah. I think we see that's why Tyrell Ford is uh, had so many looks and signs in Green Bay. Do you think they look at Canadian college? They really? I don't know. That's interesting. Like I see again, I agree with you within America, right? You know, 
unfortunately, I think Willie Jefferson might would have been a great defensive lineman, but he had some issues in college, right? That prevented him out here, no matter what good he did up here, right? And so I just like that's interesting, though, that you think they look at Canadian college still. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about the Canadian college side of things as much as the American colleges. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's mainly what they're looking at there, right? Because Baker Baker got looks too, right? And he's from Canadian Canada, right? So, like, some some's well, maybe, do they look at Chase uh, Claypool and see? Oh, maybe they got some good receivers <laughs> up in Canada, right? I don't know. Yeah, but then the, the most interesting one is I think a lot of people wrote it off. Halfway through the season, maybe, I think we all wrote it off and say, okay, Dalton Schoen's off to the NFL after this year, after his fantastic rookie season, uh, and maybe, you know, expecting him to get as many looks as Nathan Rourke got. Well, Dalton Schoen got tryouts with Minnesota, Arizona, Cincinnati. Kudos to him for getting three workouts. Hasn't signed a contract in the NFL yet, and there's a chance he could be coming back to the Bombers. I think he's still under contract uh, with Winnipeg. Uh, so, you know, Dalton Schoen, all of a sudden the league's leading receiver could be coming back to the CFL for another season when we thought he was going to be good as gone. And if you go back to, uh, I want to say it was like August when, when we had our good friend Brandon Sanders here on the podcast to talk about, you know, college football in the States and college fantasy football, uh, and, you know, one of the guys we talked about was Dalton Schoen, who really didn't produce these big fantasy numbers over in college in the States because he was playing in a scheme that didn't really use him too well. Now he comes and lights it up in the CFL. You'd think you'd get more looks, but maybe not because they didn't see that production at the college level from him. That's kind of that's part of why I almost draw it to maybe there's more of a college influence than a CFL influence on which guys get looks and which ones don't. Oh, you're you're 100, but it's got to add uh, Tyson Philpot and Curly Jenkins Jr. got workouts too. Again, Canadian receivers going to Canadian colleges. Like that was interesting because if that would be something if the NFL cared more about U Sports film than yeah. CFL. Like I I can understand 100 percent the NCAA, even if you're Div two even over the CFL. I understand the American bias to that, and I don't know. Maybe they say their rule changes. You know what I mean? Get uh, give players benefits and attributes they don't need down in the States, right? Like there's a lot of things to that, but now these Canadian receivers are getting a look and Canadian quarterback, Trey Ford could be a receiver easily. And um, yeah. it shows that the Canadian game is strong. And and especially with Nathan Rourke and his kid brother who could be in the CFL in a few years, or maybe just go to the NFL. I bet that would be something. If he gets drafted, that'd be an awkward uh, Christmas uh, at the, <laughs> in the Rourke house. Right. But, yeah, it's just good to see these Canadian guys. You know what I mean? I didn't realize how many Canadian guys were actually on this list until I'm just kind of looking at it now. Yeah, no, I didn't realize. Like, I compiled this list for us earlier today and didn't realize that either necessarily. But a lot of the receivers here are Canadians. You know, Keon Schaefer-Baker, uh, you mentioned him. He's had almost as many workouts as Nathan Rourke. He's had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different teams. Oh, uh, what did he Jacksonville? That would be cool. Because he got a workout there. If he signed in Jacksonville, Schaefer Baker. Together with Nathan Rourke. And- yeah. I thought, I, and then Henry Burris is there too, man. Again, Jacksonville seems to be having a few of these guys. And who who's the you know common denominator there? That's actually interesting. Yeah, that's, that's something that I found interesting here too, is that it seems the same teams worked out. Like there's 32 teams in the NFL. There aren't 32 teams that have worked out CFL talent here based on, uh, on, on the list I'm looking at on my other screen. 
but Denver worked out a ton of different guys. New England worked out a ton of different guys. Jacksonville, quite a few. And Pittsburgh had a couple, uh, you know, Green Bay, a couple. Uh, and then every team, you know, or not every team, a lot of them looking at some of those big fish there. But yeah, I didn't expect Keon Schaefer Baker as good of a season as he had to get this many looks. It seemed like, you know, go back to a couple of years ago, we're maybe getting two to three top end talent in the CFL, getting a look in the NFL. And now we're getting guys like this and, you know, Keon Schaefer Baker, uh, Keon Julian Grant, you know, underrated receiver with the Alouettes, another Canadian guy there getting a look down in Denver, uh, just like Tyson Philpott is. So, uh, Javon Katoy, another Canadian receiver over in BC. You mentioned Curly Gittins Jr. Yeah, basically almost all the top Canadian receivers this past season getting NFL looks here. We'll see if any of them end up sticking around uh, there as well. Other guys we haven't mentioned yet, Jalen Acklin had a workout with Denver. He was one of the top receivers this season. Malik Henry also. Uh, Saskatchewan's first-round pick in 2022 got a workout with San Francisco. Uh, Jordan Genmark-Heath, uh, Riders practice squad running back. B.J. Emmons also got to look with Green Bay, right? So it's interesting to see, uh, you know, top talent in the CFL. Some of them don't get those NFL looks, but then you have a guy who's out there on the practice squad, and maybe it's based on past college, past NFL time. You know, teams taking another look at some of these guys. Uh, just to round out the list here, Matthew Betts, defensive lineman, BC, uh, got a look. Punter Cody Grace from Calgary got a tryout with the New England Patriots. And uh, Edmonton defensive lineman Jamin Pelly uh, declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe the CFL talent is getting more noticed down south now. Yeah, maybe. I'm really praying for that punter, Cody Grace. It's going to be tough after what uh, Mayer did for the Cowboys the other day to take a Canadian or a CFL kicker, right? But uh, no, that's that's great. And like, I like that draft thing was interesting. I was like, how can you apply for or declare the draft? But that's an interesting little tidbit on that one. If I if I cared enough, I'm gonna Google these teams and see how many like CFLers or something are on coaching staffs. So I wonder how many of these mm -hmm. like you know how many Henry Burrises are sneaking in, in these rosters, right? And and because you're right, it's some of the same teams. Minnesota's up there, of course. Minnesota needs to take CFLers from taking Bud Grant, you know, and all that stuff. So ah, I love it. I love when the two leagues get along. You know, I hate this thing you have to yeah. pick one. You know, like it's nice to see. Uh, yeah, Chris makes a good point. Like those guys, like we have some, you know, we we Canadian for a long time players were what punters, O linemen, you know, and other than like I said, Jesse Palmer and who else, you know, Ca Cameron uh, Cameron Wake was a big uh, sure. big CFL I know, I mean, guy. Yeah, I meant Canadian Canadian, but oh, still, you right. know, but yeah, but still CFL. Yeah, Cam Wake, Cam Wake's probably the biggest. I would say, like he was the monster. Alex, Alex Singleton, right now, Alex Singleton now, yeah, like, tackle records this season. Oh, like it's 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 always those. I'm not gonna say like less skilled, like a middle linebacker, D line, O line, but that's I love seeing these running backs and receivers and quarterbacks. Oh, that's we might if there's ever a football World Cup, we might actually have a shot. Maybe Ooh. maybe bronze, maybe bronze. You know, America would always win, but definitely bronze. Who who's getting silver then? I don't know. There's probably some. <laughs> team somewhere that you know the germans you know just might come in and just win three nothing you know like <laughs> <Defense> <laughs> <wins> championships <laughs> i don't even know why i said bronze there is no country other than canada the u.s that's silver we, we, it'd be a close silver close silver well you don't know you don't know uh 
yeah, where else? But this is well, yeah, Mexico in the CFL. CFL 2.0, right? Uh, is you know the leagues all around the partnerships with leagues all around the world. That's where these global players are coming from, and we're seeing more global players like Cody Grace make an impact. So uh, I think uh, I think there could be uh, some other countries there in the mix when it comes to that. But yeah, good to see CFL guys getting shots in the NFL. Always sad when we do lose that talent, but uh, exciting the more guys to root for in the NFL there and a good chance, you know, still, so if they don't stick there, they, they could be back. Uh, the, uh, the Calgary Stampeders just recently, uh, just signed defensive line. I want to say it's Jake Vodders who was with them in 2018, 2019 went to the NFL and is now coming back. So we see that all the time too. And come back in September after cuts, right? Like, you yeah. know, so how many of these guys might get PR'd? And then September comes around and they're coming back after Labor Day, you know? So, yeah, it's really important to watch that stuff because, yeah, some of these guys I didn't even know had workouts, and it's great to see that. Absolutely. Well, uh, anything else you want to discuss here today, uh, Trey, before we uh, get into wrapping things up? No, the coach. we had some coaching changes, but the one that I, I can't for the life of me remember Jason Moss got signed in Montreal. Did we talk about that? I don't know because that hasn't happened since uh, we haven't recorded a podcast since any of that happened. Yeah, yeah but I mean, in our, in our group chat, did we talk about that? I don't remember. It's been so long. It's been. So I don't. Long. I don't remember. I don't. That's news to me. Jason Moss, congrats for becoming a head coach after how bad of an OC you've been. So, I, I, th- I think I think there has been some discussion around that. Of uh, most, uh, you know, the the quick notes here, uh, Jason Moss. Don't think that's going to solve the discipline problems over in Montreal. Uh, but yeah, a lot of coaching changes. Uh, we had originally teed up, you know, in the promo that we were going to talk about those today at two. But I think there's too many for us to cover in a quick, short period of time. So I think we'll come back for another roundtable here uh, in the next week or two, maybe and focus on some of the coaching changes, a little bit of free agency, look ahead, other big news as that comes along as well. Uh, as we, uh, you know, keep rolling on throughout the off season here in the CFL. Uh, and uh, we're only a couple weeks away now from the kickoff of CFL free agency. And we have a lot of fun planned here on the podcast for that here as well i will just pull this up here on the screen uh teased it on twitter this week but we're bringing back cfl free agent frenzy here on the canadian football countdown february 14th that says 2022 on the graphic it should say 2023 9 a.m to 5 p.m central time eight hours of live coverage and analysis of everything throughout the day as it goes on here on the podcast we did this last year It was a lot of fun. It was a great day. A lot of people tuned in uh, and joined us for that. So we hope you do again this year. Well, you know, before free agency opens, we'll go through the team needs. We'll go through the players available. We'll break down all of the signings as they happen throughout the day. And as we uh, wind down at the end of it, we'll look back at uh, the winners and the losers, players left on the board and all of that. So we hope you join us on February 14th. Uh, for a full day of coverage. Uh, We'll be live on all the same platforms we are now, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and the Game Time TV YouTube page, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Uh, You can find all of those uh, 
you know, search CF at CF Countdown Pod. Search the Canadian Football Countdown on all of those platforms. There, uh, a lot of work going into this one, so uh, it should be a lot of fun to do that that day. I'm looking forward to it. Free agent frenzy, one of my favorite days of the year. How you feeling about an eight-hour day of uh, of podcasting, Trey? Man, if I get to sit in my gamer chair for eight hours, that's a Tuesday night, man. Like that's not, <laughs> that's me after this podcast. I'll be fine. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we'll have some special guests coming in along the way as well uh, to join us to break it all down. Uh, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter uh, at CF Countdown Pod. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network. Also, Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Trey, or anywhere else? Anything else you want to plug right yeah. now? On Twitter, you can find me at Trey MB Harness. Uh, if you're new to the show and haven't heard me say a thousand times, I'm a horse racing guy. So if you want to learn anything about it or see what I'm doing there, I work for a website called Harness Link. So I have to write stuff all the time. It's a tough time to write right now. Uh, if you don't know, there's like, what, 20 feet of snow in Winnipeg, man? We can't really <laughs> race on that. But they find ways elsewhere. So uh, wait, I'm award-winning now, right? Yeah, award-winning. Uh, oh. Yeah, I won an award. Uh it's, uh, what was it called? The Ron Waples for going above and beyond the duty to better the harness racing industry in Manitoba. So now I'm an award-winning <laughs> individual. So I got to make sure if you want. So, and that's why I have the little check mark beside my name now on Twitter, right? So uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, if, and Mike's you listening. Mike's listening. Award-winning announcer. Uh, <laughs> he never wants to let me do play-by-play anymore. So it's okay. Yeah, bring that in the next contract negotiations there. Um, you can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Garrell. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam Stewart one there as well. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Cooper Trooper 42. I really don't tweet much, so I don't know if it's worth your time to follow me, but I appreciate if you do, uh, you know, too busy uh, changing diapers and things like oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can I add one more thing? Just yes. one more thing real quick. It's a Bell Let's Talk Day, right? So we always have to give a shout out for that. No matter what, uh, I know everyone wants to hate on Bell, and for like that's good on them for that too. But it's still a great time to 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 do that stuff. If anyone again, check my Twitter out. I posted a personal story about uh, how harness racing actually helped me get through a dark time. And uh, so yeah, just make sure it's okay to not be okay, everybody, and just you know always reach out. Yes, thanks, and thanks for sharing that uh, and bringing that up. I had meant to bring that up as well. I, I read your article. It was a great article. I recommend everybody go check it out. Uh, and kudos to you, Trey, for sharing your story there with everybody as well. And, uh, you know, such a powerful message. Help us all reflect on our own mental health journeys. And like you said, you know, you may not agree with the company leading the charge on it, but make the day more about the actual conversation itself, not the, the you know, not Bell. Uh, it's about the conversation. It's about mental health. It's about uh, continuing to reflect on your own journeys, support one another along the way. And uh, and that's if we all, you know, put a little bit of effort into that, we can all make the world and ourselves a better place. So, uh, yeah. Like Trey said, it's okay not to be okay. Mental health, everybody deals with it. I do. Everybody does. Um, let's all support one another through everything here. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, support each other through the hard times and uh, enjoy one another in the fun times as well along the way. And I had a fun time here tonight. It was good to get the podcast back on track here. 
uh, after taking a couple of months off. So thanks for thanks for joining me here this evening, Trey. Thanks for joining me here, everybody in the chat this evening as well. Uh, good to be back and stay tuned for uh, you know the podcast, uh, social media. See when our next show is as we kind of bouncing around in the off season here a little bit, and then join us on Free Agency Day. Uh, on behalf of Trey and Adam and Mike, who couldn't be here this evening, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.